This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. We are. We are. We are Cultivate. 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 We are Cultivate. so much for tuning in to Weird Distractions Podcast. This is a weekly show where I, your host Alex, rotate discussing true crime cases, paranormal hotspots, eerie folklore tales, urban legends, and the odd conspiracy theory to provide you and more than likely what Maria Callas may have considered a weird distraction from everyday life. This week, I'm covering a listener-requested holiday folklore, but before jumping into that, I need to spill what listener Scott needs a distraction from this week and what I also need a distraction from this week. If you have a need for a distraction that you'd like me to read on air, whether you need a distraction from your stepkids or perhaps your in-laws, feel free to send it my way by either DMing me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or by sending me an email. In terms of Scott's need for distraction this week, he shot me a DM on Instagram and indicated that they're looking for a distraction while they prepare for both their in-laws and their own family to visit for Christmas, and the parents are meeting for the first time ever. So all the best to you, Scott. Hopefully it's not as chaotic as I'm sure it could be, and hopefully everyone gets along and is able to just enjoy meeting one another. In terms of my need for distraction, I would have to say kind of same old, same old. Life's been busy trying to juggle so many different things going on at once, whether it's just stuff at work or stuff at home or just stuff in my personal life. That and I would have to say another need for distraction is just the fact that 2023 is almost over and I don't know where the last like five months have gone. They've just been on fast forward and it's just wild to me to think that next year is 2024 and I'm going to be turning the big 3-0. So yeah, definitely don't want to hyper-focus on that. I think having said that, let's just get into this week's distraction. As mentioned, this is another listener-suggested distraction. So shout out to Jen from our True Crime Podcast who mentioned this spooky little folklore to me. I've never heard of Jen's suggestion prior to, which I appreciate because that means I get to actually learn about something. I know most of the cases I cover, I try to do ones that either I've maybe heard of or haven't heard of, but this was definitely one that I have never, ever heard of. So I actually got to learn about something completely brand new without any previous knowledge to it. Without further waiting, let's dive into each layer of lore surrounding the Calacanzaros. Right off the hop, I want to say a quick sorry for any mispronunciations in today's episode. As many of you know, I can barely speak English. Hopefully you'll find my attempts at pronunciation as charming and bewildering as opposed to disturbing and annoying. 
On top of that, today's episode may be shorter than recent ones as I did not do the deepest dive into every crevice of this week's distraction. Reason being, again, life's been busy and I wanted to focus on what I thought was weird and spooky enough for you all to listen to while I'm sure you all are busy with the holiday season and hopefully you enjoy the pieces of information that I'm providing you today. Due to potential coarse language, distressing topics, and other disturbing adult themes that could be discussed today, listener discretion is advised. Today's folklore seems to primarily stem from Greece. However, there are different areas with different variations, including a Bulgarian version and a Serbian version that claims this weird little creature as well. And for those wondering, yes, I will definitely be highlighting these later on in this episode. First, I'm sure you're all wondering what exactly a Calicanzaros actually is. Well, in short, the Greek lore paints them as these goblin-like creatures, often referred to as a demonic entity, who seemingly pops up into our world during the time of the winter solstice. Winter solstice takes place in mid to end December and creeps into early January. In other words, around this time, for about 12 days, being, in my opinion, 12 of the busiest days of the year because we've got Christmas and we have New Year's, these little creatures come to our Earth and, well, they fuck shit up, for lack of a better definition. Now, I mentioned that the Calicanzaros are goblin-like, and when I think of goblin, I personally think of a small-sized creature. You may have took that description and thought as well, oh, maybe they're similar to elves. There are these little things that come around Christmas time. Maybe they're just a different version of elves. Well, actually, they're not at all. In a personal writing of their childhood experience learning about the lore surrounding the Calicanzaros, Chicago-born Greek-American Maria wrote the following, quote, the Greek tradition for Christmas and New Year's has nothing to do with the playful, jolly elves I saw on American television. Instead, these beings were playful, but in a bad way, and very eager to terrify humans, end quote. That's right, these are not cheery, happy holiday entities wandering around for a few days near Christmas and New Year's, but rather, they're often described as malevolent, chaotic, troublemaking tricksters who will cause you multiple headaches. Coming out at night due to their general dismay of sunlight, these red-eyed creatures with long nails will jump from one house to the next, breaking into homes and trashing everything in sight. Either during or after their trashing, they will then eat all the food in the home before going to the next, which personally gives off Grinch characteristics to me minus stealing gifts in spite of Christmas. Although some variations of the lore have identified that the Calicanzaros will kidnap a kid or two, so not a gift, but they'll, you know, partake in kidnapping, especially those who have birthdays that land on December 25th. So I guess if you have a July birthday, you're okay, but if you were born on December 25th, you might get kidnapped by a Calicanzaros. When they're not eating all your sweets and goodies while you sleep, the Calicanzaros apparently live off a diet of snakes, worms, and frogs. Other than bothering humans and maybe your swamp areas, there's actually something more that the Calicanzaros will do, and it may trigger a new fear that you never knew you had. Imagine this. 
The entire world's existence is dependent on one tree simply standing. Now, allow yourself to throw in the Calicanzaros lore into this thought. They're small, creepy little selves residing underground during the day, waiting for night to come to, you know, go door to door and completely trash your house. Now, you might be wondering, why are they underground? Well, again, they don't like the daylight. And when they're not causing headaches above ground, they're down below sawing at the trunk of that previously mentioned tree that supposedly holds the earth together. The creature sawed this tree so that when it collapses, it will take the earth down with it. Again, the Calicanzaros are full of chaos. They're in their chaotic era always. Before you let yourself spiral into wilder thoughts, let me tell you something. The Calicanzaros always fail at their goal. See, they spend the remainder of their year trying to plan for this big timber of a singular tree, but they get caught up in going house to house and filling up on sweets in disaster before they actually do it. That's what the lore says anyways. And I mean, hey, the world is somewhat still standing, so they can't be that successful or haven't been that successful yet. When it comes to the Greek rendition of the Calicanzaros lore, I've got a few suggestions at how to keep them at bay, which is what you still want to do, even though, I mean, if they're not going to your house, that means they're probably working on cutting down that tree. But hey, this is folklore. I mean, nothing has to make sense all the time. The first suggestion is to bake. That's right. Bake up some locomades, which is a donut-like dessert filled with syrup. Yum and throw it on the roof with some sausages before belting out a ritual song. Now don't ask me what the ritual song is because I couldn't verify that in my research. If anyone knows, please let me know, or I'm just going to suggest that people belt out Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Apparently, the Calicanzaros will jump on the roof, eat the treats, and they will go away. They won't even bother trying to come into your home. Suggestion number two is to leave a fire burning all night. And if you really want to ward off any Calicanzaros from bugging you, the website Mythcrafts suggested throwing on your old smelly shoes onto the fire for good measure. That way they'll smell you from a mile away and they'll think, mm, there's probably no sweets in that house. The house smells. Let's not go to that house, I guess. The last recommendation, or kind of the third suggestion, is to get your incense out and paint a black cross on your doors, assigned to the Calicanzarosa your house is not one to mess with. Either that, or you're also up to something spooky, and again, you're not one to be messed with. With some safety precautions under your belt, hopefully you're feeling a bit safer for me to tell you more versions of the Calicanzarosa from other parts of the world. For example, in Serbian folklore, their version of the Calicanzaros is a demonic force that appears as an ugly creature, which in all fairness was kind of the same vibe I was picking up from the Greeks, that Calicanzaros is not a cute, cuddly little elf or a puppy. It's a demonic, ugly creature that you don't really want to hang out with. However, the Serbian version of the Calicanzaros gets way more up close and personal with humans, with one resource knowing that this Calicanceros will jump on a person's back and demand to be carried wherever they wanted. The Serbian lore also stated that the Calicanceros would really go in on anyone who is committing adultery, and ultimately the creatures would be seen as a warning to adulterers to think twice before risking it all. How would this Calicanceros warn these two-timers? Well, Wikipedia states that the Calicanceros would come back every night and remain on the door until the adulterers confess their sins to their significant others. 
consider this like Big Brother vibes because Big Brother is always watching and judging everything you do. Same as the Kill a Cancerose. Moving on to the Bulgarian version of the Kilikansaros lore, they believe that the Kilikansaros are demons, so again, we're still on a demon trend, but they believe that they present themselves as being half-human with either like a tail, a large head with horns, or having a full horse head with, I believe, a human body? I'm not really clear on it. In this version of the Kilikansaros, they're more of a shapeshifter whose intent is to come out at night and cause chaos. The Bulgarian lore does provide a way to scare away their version of this weird and terrifying creature, and that's by wearing a custom kukeri. The Piecework magazine describes the kukeri perfectly in the following direct quote. Every year, hundreds of people in Bulgaria dress in elaborate monster costumes, often with large bells attached, and parade through villages and into people's homes to scare off evil and bring good luck. These monsters are called kukeri, and boy, oh boy, are they spectacular. The costumes vary from region to region. Some are covered in long fur that streams in the wind as the kukeri dance. Others are elaborately embroidered and embellished with beads, glass, and bone, and topped off with an equally adorned mask. Many costumes have leather belts with dozens of large bells attached to them. Subtle, the kukeri are not, end quote. I'll try to remember to post some of the kukeris I saw online on the podcast social media accounts because they are fabulous. I would highly recommend looking into them. I think that's really interesting and a good way to get rid of any bad spirits. Now, before I wrap up this week's episode, I wanted to highlight another spooky entity I came across in my research, which is either another rendition of the Kilicanceros or maybe it's its own separate lore creature thing that is tied in to this time of year. According to Albanian lore, the Kukud, which I feel like is not how you pronounce it, but I tried looking it up online and that's what it said. Maybe it is right. Who knows? But regardless, they are undead corpses who come around in January with bad breath and chains. Honestly, it sounds like how I picture myself most mornings, minus the chains. The reason why I brought them up, in all honesty, is that the Kukud made a mini-feature on the Kilicanceros Wikipedia page. When I read more into it, I thought, well, that's also weird. Might as well mention it on the show. But the Kukud seemed like their own entity separate from the Kilicanceros variations that we heard today. I wonder if there is a day in January where both run wild, though. Wouldn't that just be both awful and scary? But alas, that's all I have for all of you lovely folks today. So let's wrap up this week's freaky festivities. I want to thank Jen for suggesting this week's episode because honestly, it fits well within this season and it's also been a hot minute since I covered a folklore tale, especially a folklore with different variations and an Albanian one that sounds just downright terrifying. I hope I provided a good take on the Kilicanceros today and just know I am open to corrections since I, by no means, am an expert. I would love to hear from listeners as well. Feel free to shoot me an email or send me a DM. Let me know if there is a topic you want me to cover on a future episode, whether it's true crime, paranormal, or maybe another folklore tale. If you've enjoyed today's Weird Distractions episode, please consider telling your friends, family, coworkers, anyone who you think needs a distraction about the show. Doing so is one of the best ways to support this show for free. 
Speaking of supporting the podcast for free, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, or whatever platform you're tuning into. When it comes to any corrections that need to be made or perhaps some constructive feedback, please feel free to send me an email at weirddistractionspodcast at outlook.com. Are you looking to rep some Weird Distractions merch? Please check out the link in today's show notes for the bonfire link. It's never a bad time to treat somebody you love or perhaps treat yourself. Although the Patreon page is currently on an indefinite hiatus, I just want to thank the previous patrons of the show. Tom, Bailey, Angela, John, Alicia, Lynn, Shadow, Courtney, Cheryl, Susan, Jennifer, and Kristen. Thank you for supporting the Patreon page. I truly appreciate every single one of you. For those on social media, Weird Distractions can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, and Facebook. Lastly, I'm always wanting to hear from you. I'm looking to hear about your weird paranormal encounters, maybe too close to home true crime cases, and other weird experiences that you're willing to share to be featured on a future Listener Distractions episode. No matter how short, how long, spooky, or just weird, send your tales my way to, again, the show's email address being weirddistractionspodcasts at outlook.com. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, if you need a distraction, I got you. Bye. Bye.